This is the Shine On You Crazy Daisy podcast, and I'm your host, Trudy Simmons from the Daisy Chain Group, providing platforms and opportunities for business women to be seen and heard. This platform is for the women entrepreneurs that want to hear the real stories of what it takes to be yourself and run a business with all the different hats that you might have to wear. Come and join the Shine On You Crazy Daisy membership, offering online networking, co-working, collaboration, and monthly masterclasses for you to grow your knowledge. Go to thedaisychaingroup.com for more information. These are the platforms to hear and share the stories of the tenacious, the rebellious, and the resilient women that are working towards the future that they build for themselves and their families. Hello and welcome to the Shine On You Crazy Daisy podcast and I am thrilled and excited to introduce you to Helen Davis from One Step Forward. Helen, thank you so much for writing a chapter for Shine On You Crazy Daisy volume four and for being in the podcast. Please tell us about your business. Hi Judy, thank you. Uh, so as you said, my business is One Step Forward. I'm a clinical hypnotherapist and a yoga teacher and I use all the skills and training that I have and also my own life experience to help busy female entrepreneurs make space for themselves. I'm calm already, Helen. But <laughs> in reading your chapter, which I absolutely loved, it was the bit at the beginning that hearing your friends and family say, when you said you were stressed, like it was a badge of honor, and they would use that word about you. But what did life actually look like for you back then? Okay, so we're going back over a decade now, um, and it all looked great. I mean, you know, I was I had an amazing job I was good at. Uh, I worked almost entirely from home. I've done that for decades, bizarrely. Um, but I got to travel with work. I had amazing holidays. I'd been married for the best part of a decade, living in the country, which I grew up with and loved. But inside, uh, I, I constantly felt like I was on the edge. Um, I knew I wasn't happy, but I didn't know what I wanted to be doing instead mm. um, I was constantly a bit unwell I had chronic migraines I got recurring throat infections all of which required medication which I hated taking um, other sort of niggling health things mm. um, and mentally I was permanently stressed um, I mean one of my friends later told me she thought I thrived on stress mm. I so don't um, I was permanently overwhelmed I was tearful way more than anybody else ever realized mm. and I I simply couldn't imagine any alternative to all of the things that were causing me stress yeah. I just didn't know what the what the other options were it's honestly reading all of the, the the feelings and the and how you've just described it it is everybody will read that bit of the chapter and think that's me that's me that's me what can I do about it and what happened to you then was that you were literally kind of pushed out of work with a diagnosis. What was the decision that you made for your future and how long was your recovery? So, yeah, I, I, I always say the rug was pulled out from underneath my feet because I wasn't listening. Mm. Um, I got a virus that I couldn't get rid of. I got a diagnosis of ME, CFS, chronic fatigue is the term I use. Mm. Um, and this question's really interesting, this one about decision, because I don't feel I ever made any specific decisions. I 
absolutely felt like I had no choice but to do the things that I was doing not not because I was forced into it because it was it became clear it was the only option um first it was so rather than decisions it was a gradual dawning realizations one after the other the first one was that I wasn't going to be going back to work anytime soon Mm. but then the next one was that actually going back to that kind of work in that context was just not an option in itself um and then I began to realize that actually I had no interest in the job I've been doing for 20 years but people told me I was good at it so I kept doing it and kind of alongside all of that became it was the dawning acceptance of the fact that my marriage had run its course um, which was tied in with me realizing finally where I was going what I wanted to do and then as I embraced the two things that helped me recover, which were hypnotherapy and yoga, this slow, mindful approach to yoga. I realized that I wanted to learn more about them. And that in turn became wanting to help others by passing them on. Um, And so it was this gradual process. I never, when I say in the chapter, I never sat down and thought, right, I'm going to start a business. Mm. It just happened. Um, And the recovery. So the first 18 months, I didn't work at all. I absolutely couldn't. The next year, two and a half years, I gradually built up from an hour or two a week to a three day week with my old company, a really low level job compared Mm. to what I've been doing. And then I did that for six months and was signed off sick again. And that was the final point when I realized, you know, I can't do that in order to fund this. I have to leave it. Um, I was very lucky. I managed to get a redundancy package and I launched my business. So that was five years after I got ill. And that's five years ago now. Wow. And I still work a lot less than a lot of the women I see who are working so hard on their businesses. I still have to pace myself. But what I've realized, and I think this is so important, I don't believe that I have to pace myself because I had chronic fatigue. I believe I had chronic fatigue because I didn't know that I had to pace myself. Wow, that's really brilliant. Okay, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And that's why what I want to do is catch people before they end up there. I don't want anyone else to have to hit the rock bottom that I hit Mm. if I can help them find ways of learning to pace themselves before that happens. It's that feeling you talk about in the chapter as well of losing yourself in that process of the working, but in the process of the recovery, it wasn't that you then found yourself, you'd lost yourself so far that you had to rebuild every part of you to come out of that uh, and, and it's even more than that because I'd never known who I was mm. ever since I was a little girl I I didn't even know the term people pleaser back that you know when I started this journey but ever since I was a little girl I had done everything I could to be the person I thought the people around me wanted to be me to be yeah. and I had no idea who I was I mean that question what do you want to do when you grow up whether I was 5, 15 or 45, I didn't have an answer and it freaked me out. Mm. And when I started doing all this work on myself, I realized it's because I had no idea who I was. And not surprisingly, if I didn't know who I was, a lot of the people closest to me didn't know who I was. Yeah. And when I started to work it out, some of them came with me and some of them didn't. Well, and that is, yeah. That is an important process, I think. But one of the reasons that I wanted to definitely mention about the recovery and that it was a five-year recovery is because some people that get 
little diagnosis or big diagnosis uh, of burnout and more than that think that it can be solved in just making a decision and pushing through that recovery and these things when you've got yourself to that point of breaking it's a it's a road back and it can take any amount of time absolutely and it's learning to listen to our bodies um so i'm apart from that one time when i tried to work again for three days a week I've never had a major relapse. I mean, obviously it did that, you know, this does. Most people who have this kind of diagnosis have regular big relapses. Yeah. The reason I don't is that I get migraines yeah. and I still get migraines. And when I don't, you've seen it, when I overdo it, my body just goes, nope, that's enough. And I have to go to bed for three days. And although I, on one part of me, I loathe them. Mm. I'm also so grateful to them because that's why I've been able to keep going building up rather than doing two years and then losing six months which is what yeah, happens to people. what did hypnotherapy help you to realize about your patterns and where did that lead you well the main thing as I say was the first thing was this understanding of what it is to be a people pleaser and that that's what I'd done and that that's not how you have to live your life mm -hmm. and that it's okay to want things yourself and it's okay to disappoint other people and all that stuff. Um, and I realized that I kept myself busy doing things. And this is a pattern I'd learned mm -hmm. because it was much safer to always be doing than to stop and actually work out who I actually wanted to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what I really realized eventually was that when I allowed myself to be still, which is really frightening when you've never done it, everything was better even the stuff that wasn't great was more manageable mm. and that's you know that's this concept of making space yeah. uh, and it can be really frightening if you never let yourself stop the idea of stopping and letting all those thoughts in is really scary it's yeah it's a, it's a phenomenal conversation that needs to become much bigger for everybody to be able to hear it that making space is so important if there was one lesson that you've learned that you want other entrepreneurs to know, what would it be? Well, it's that it's making space and it's not just entrepreneurs. It's anybody, but mm. it is particularly important when you work on your own, because I'm sure I'm not the only one that would take a phone call or deal with an email and go off and have a sob on my bed and come back. And because I was working from home alone, nobody else knew about it. Yeah. You know, there was no one to think you're looking a bit upset when you come out of the ladies. So making space is essential. And I, everything I do comes, the hypnotherapy, the yoga, for me, they're the same thing. They come from different places. They help us make space physically, which we do by moving and by breathing in an aware manner. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> they make us, help us make space mentally, which is giving our minds permission to be still, mm. even if it's just for a few seconds. And then emotionally making space for me is about learning to be with the feelings that come up, even when they're not easy. And for me, I could not have done that without a trained therapist working with me. And so all of those things together help us to reconnect body, mind and spirit. And as my yoga teacher told me years ago in a phrase that went straight into my heart and is now as you know a defining message of what my work making space matters because where there's space 
there's healing. Mm. So it's making that space that allows us to start the process of healing. Yeah. God, I feel so relaxed. <laughs> I really do. I can listen to you forever. Um, what's your favourite business book? So the book that it's a relatively recent one in the last year or so I read it and it's brought together. It's like when I read it, read it, it was like finding an old friend. It's 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 got all of the scientific research that I haven't now had to do. Mm-hmm. It's a book called Rest and it's by an author. And I'm going to double check his name because it's not an easy one to remember. It's Alex Young Kim Pang. But if you Google Alex and Kim and rest, it'll come up. And the subtitle of the book is why you get more done when you work less Mm. it's the science behind why resting is important it's all different sorts of rest it's masses and masses of historical examples about people who we know were geniuses who Mm. spent four hours a day working and the rest of it walking through the hills and climbing rocks and all the rest of it it's an amazing book it's very readable as well Fantastic. Helen, thank you so much for being vulnerable and open in the chapter and for getting your story out there. You're going to influence and and affect a lot of people's lives that are able to read this book. Um, Thank you for being in volume four of Shine Your Crazy Daisy and for being involved in the podcast. Thank you for giving me the opportunity, Trudy. Thank you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please leave a review and come back for more inspiration. If you're a businesswoman looking for that community that will support you and lift you up, come and join the Shine On You Crazy Daisy membership, offering online networking, co-working, collaboration and monthly masterclasses to grow your knowledge. Go to the daisychaingroup.com for more information. And for even more inspiration, please go to the link under this video and get your copy of the Shine On You Crazy Daisy series of books with inspirational and motivating stories from businesswomen around the world.